0: Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B, and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit. We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point.
1: Point Noted Podcast, you're hanging out with your host, Johnny B. And on today's show, we have my man from the One Championship Series, Tan Lee. Tan, how you doing, my man?
0: Doing great, man. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely, man. Hey, uh, I'm pretty sure I butchered your name, right? Did I?
0: No, it's okay. It's it's uh, like John, but with the T, so Tan.
1: Oh, Tan. Okay. Oh, so I didn't do too bad, then. Not, not at all. So like that. So that's really John, though. Just different language, Right?
0: I mean, it's a very common name, so it's uh, it's as com- I'd say it's as common as Tan or John is here over in the states. You know.
1: Okay. All right. Because I know like Juan, I think supposedly means John. Uh, Yanni, I think in Greek or Arab also means John. Uh, so a lot of time I introduce myself as Yanni or Yan.
0: Uh, okay. It's definitely not a direct translation, but uh, pronunciation wise, it helps.
1: It helps. Okay. All right. So I might get away with it. I might change my name then. Mr. Mansoor folks, man. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? You in Cali, right?
0: No, I'm in uh, New Orleans.
1: New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, how's the uh how's the COVID out there?
0: Um, I think uh it's getting a little better. You know, with our uh our culture down here, a lot of guys or a lot of people like to uh kind of let things roll off the shoulders a little bit and, and right. try not to take th- things a little too seriously and I think that bit us in the butt a little bit. But um I think it's uh it's under control, you know. Um everybody's looking good as far as social distancing and wearing their masks and stuff like that and Honestly, it's uh, business as usual for us because I don't really do uh, the typical, uh, you know, like nine to five and I don't really right. go a of different places besides stocking up on groceries and stuff. So, Right.
1: So is uh, most of the things out there back to like normal, like there's no uh, restriction on capacity and things like that?
0: Just moved to phase three uh, here in the state. So... Um, I mean, it's been relatively normal, you know, as as normal as I, I guess it could be.
1: Okay, that's not bad. I mean, over here in New York, too, we're uh, getting close to a full clearance. Right now, a lot of places still have, like, 25%, 30% capacity and things. Um, you know, uh, the gym finally opened up last week, but it's, it's like, 33% capacity or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, man, look. So you're supposed to be in the gym with your mask on. And I'm not sure. You probably sent this out there. But why do people have this mask just covering their mouth and not the nose?
0: If you're going to use it, make sure it's doing its job. Otherwise, right. just take it off. It's fine. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, but, but you, you know what it is, is? You can't get in the gym without it.
0: Right. Uh, so they, they half-ass
1: <laughs> Pretty much half-ass just have it on. Yeah. You know, and I'm walking around the gym like, y'all finna get people killed
0: in here. Yeah, exactly. That's you the know. thing. You might not care about you, and that's fine. You're but, you know, you, you can't just willy-nilly just uh, be walking around public and, and not really giving a shit about anybody else's well-being, you know?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that's where we are. And you know what still kills me, though? It's like uh, there's a lot of people out there that doesn't believe, like, COVID is real. I just I don't understand how you can, with a straight face or with any common sense, say COVID
0: is not real. Right. I mean, you can, you can, you know, talk about the severity and how much of a, a threat it is to the public and yourself and your family members and things like that. And, you know, there's varying opinions on all of that. But, I mean, a, about it not being real at all, that, that's, a little, that's a little crazy.
1: Right. I'm, I'm just not understanding how you can you can actually say that with a straight face. And folks out here actually running around sharing the same opinion, you know, and just like, oh, <laughs> the government made it up. Well, so the government just killed 100... 100- Eighty thousand people just just to fuck with us,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, what is this East Africa or something like? I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like,
0: right, right. I mean, I, I understand. Like, I could see how maybe numbers are being fudged and this and that. That that's that's a totally different subject. Whether it's right. for political, whatever. But as far as the sickness affecting people, I, I've I've seen it. Like, I I know people who were sick. And with symptoms, without symptoms, was in the hospital. We're not. My wife's uh, an ER nurse, so she gets a a lot of um, you know exposure to to kind of at the ground level to see what's what's kind of going on in our community. You know,
1: right? Imagine somebody telling her COVID's not real, man. Right? If she's exactly. a she, probably just start swinging at him. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, you can you can't be for real. COVID's not real. Come see what I deal with every day.
0: Right right
1: um so where'd you grow up
0: i grew up uh here and uh, right outside of new orleans louisiana um uh, went to school grew up in Desterhan. i live now in st rose which is in between Destrohan and new orleans but um uh, about 15 20 minutes out from the city um i train in metairie which is basically 10 15 minutes out from the city and then i train in the city so um it's 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 not too spread out. We're pretty, uh, pretty close. I mean, um, everything's pretty, pretty, like, in the same realm and grew up here. I, uh, my childhood was awesome, man. I grew up basically in a martial arts school and, nice. uh, and you know, training with my family. My dad, my entire family does uh, or did Taekwondo. And uh, my brother and I train, obviously, to this day together. He's one of my main coaches, one of my main training partners, and uh, okay. always been real, real tight. Like uh, family-wise, everything's been like small. We keep small circles. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. No, that's good. When uh, you mentioned been doing martial art, like it kind of runs in the family. Uh, besides that, what else? do you do in sports? Uh, in school, in high school?
0: No, I didn't. Um, I mean, I did taekwondo was my main like sport. Grew up, we we traveled, went to tournaments, things like that. I mean, obviously. Every day after school and stuff like that, we'd play ball in the street, football in the street. You know, tackling each other in the cars and shit. But other than that, um, nothing for uh, like organized team sports. It was strictly taekwondo the whole time, and um, I'm happy. I'm happy the way it turned out. Obviously, I'm I'm happy with where, what that taught me. You know, Um, but it's been uh, it's been great, man. I can't complain.
1: Yeah, Uh, you mentioned tackling the streets. Um, If you were to do another sport. You think football would have been there? Would you have been good at it?
0: I, uh, I you know, I, I consider myself a relatively athletic man, you know what I mean? I, uh, <laughs> When you get into um, the real in-depth to these sports, like I have no idea how deep that goes, you know what I mean? So I, right. it's not fair to say, but because I know how deep martial arts and fighting goes, I know how deep football and baseball and basketball can go. Right. So it's almost like a, a gift and a curse to, to be at a high level in one sport. You, you kind of understand like it's going to take a lot to be good at something else too. know, So when people ask me stuff like that, I'm like, man, I don't know. I'd have to spend a whole lot of time doing that and a whole lot of time not doing this. <laughs>
1: right. Right. You got to sacrifice. Right. 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 And uh, while you was in school, though, like, so at one point, did uh, uh, your schoolmates realize you were a Taekwondo kid? Like, when did they find out that, you know, you were a fighter?
0: I mean, I wasn't, like, um, obviously, like, loud about it or arrogant about it or anything like that. But I definitely, you know, my friends knew because that's, you know, anytime somebody asked, what are you doing here? What are you doing after school? What are you doing this weekend or whatever? Those were always the things that would pop up. So everybody kind of knew. You know, I never really gotten – Trouble or scuffles or anything like that. You know, a lot of fighters always have these stories where they grew up either getting bullied or like right. you know, having to take up for themselves in the streets and and you know, take care of them or their friends or little brothers and things like that and having to to grow up fighting. But that's not really my story, I man. I grew up in a pretty pretty nice and easy situation and my family was great. I, you know, having my friends growing up in school and everybody was cool. Not too much trouble. Nothing too crazy. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's uh. It's ideal, and uh, it, it really gave me the, the, really the opportunity to love martial arts because I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to do that, and I always had the options. Right. Uh, and it, it really made me love the, the sport, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I always feel like, you know, every kid should, should have an opportunity to um, uh, to take martial art, you know, in, in some form or shape, right? You should learn to defend yourself at an early age. Um, really
0: i really think that's a huge part you know what i mean and we kind of talked about this before the call um like sports you know sports done the right way martial arts done the right way really teaches you how to be a, a man how to be a woman how to be an adult how to grow up in life and deal with consequences and hard work gets you what you need and slacking cutting corners really you know sometimes gets you to miss the mark so it's a uh, it's funny how that plays out and I know you're, you coach and, and I grew up doing the, the martial arts thing and it's, right. it's really life lessons kind of carry over from sport to sport and throughout the rest of your life if it's done the right way, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and, you know, and, and to add to that, when you, when you look at it, right, you know, a lot of these kids are scared to go to school, they're getting bullied, they're getting bullied online, they wanna commit suicide and some have actually go ahead and committed suicide. You know, and I just always thought to myself, you know, this is all lack of confidence. And because your parents can always know what you're doing for for the most part, right? Parents don't know what's going on because kids are not talking about it. Uh, But just having the kid be prepared and having those abilities to, you know, to protect themselves, that can really cancel out, you know, the bullying that happens in school sometimes. Because kids, if you punch one kid in the nose and blood start coming out, the whole school is going to be scared of you.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. You and it, it does a lot for your, like, not your persona or whatever, but it really does a lot for your, your inner self to, right. to understand. Like, I, I can control the situation. I don't have yep. to hurt this man. I could if I needed to, right. but I don't have to, hurt this man, but I can at least control the situation. I have the understanding of what to do, how to get safe, how to get this kid safe, that kid safe. You know what I mean? And um, it's, I think it's really, really important. It's in it, a lot of, a lot of parents don't force things on their kid, and I'm not saying you should force any sport or martial art, but being able to learn those things, whether you do it through sports and martial arts or you do it through just proper parenting, but those that, are the things that have to happen, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I just think we take that whole freedom of choice um, way to, like, we just overcomplicate it, right? You have to force things on your kid to some, to some sudden age, that's that's your job, right? Because they're forcing you to care for them, right? Right, right. <laughs> they're forcing you to change the diaper, you know, make sure they don't pee in the bed, take them to activities. Hell yeah. Right. But force, force some sports on them. Force them to take taekwondo and martial arts and sports. And then as they get older, they can start deciding what they want. Eventually, they can stop. But like when they're younger, you've got to put them in things. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, I don't understand parents that say, oh, you know, uh, Little Mike doesn't want to go to Kung Fu. Well, little Mike I going to go to Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. You know, he's either there or he's going to have to go read a book. Right. And I guarantee you, most kids say, okay, I'm going to Kung Fu. I don't want to read no book.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So I think parents sometimes just forget part of your job. It's really uh, to force things on kids. You have to. I mean...
0: Well, that's why they can't... You know, they're not able to make their own choices. That's why you have parents. They do that right. for you until you survive. That's. I mean, that happens all through the uh the animal kingdom you know what i mean the parents are taking care of things and do you can do it on your own that's just just the way it's got to go
1: right absolutely um so now that you're just training um you know obviously you're a professional fighter uh and uh, you just train i'm i'm assuming that's an everyday thing correct
0: yeah so i'll um my routine is i'll train a couple hours in the morning get a little break um refuel rehydrate and then uh get a few hours at night and then um also, besides that, four days a week, I'll uh, I'll teach my classes as well.
1: Right. So, what is that like to um to refuel and have to go back in the evening? Because sometimes when I go play basketball in the morning, I can do shit the rest of the day. Like <laughs> <laughs> my whole body is like just drained of everything. It might have, it might take me two days to be able to run again.
0: <laughs> I mean, just like anything else, your body gets uh, trained and accustomed to. Um, being able to to go through a a, a certain type of regimen, a certain type of workout, and then you know you expect things. You train your body to be ready for uh, just like lifting. I mean, you know, we've got these pro lifters that lift multiple times a day, but right. I mean, when I lift, I'm I'm tore up. I, I don't think I can make it back in the gym at night, man. You know what I mean? But it's a it's just a different type of uh, you know muscular activity that you're teaching your body, but it's, um, I think it's more mental than physical for me at this point. Sometimes, you know, you have hard days and it's, it's tough to get motivated and get back in there. But, you know, especially with signing with the group that I'm fighting with now, it's literally the best guys in the world that you got to fight. So right. if that motivates you to, to get your ass back in the gym and, and really get better, then Nothing you might else. not be in the right sport, you know? Right, right.
1: And you mentioned martial um, art being in the family. Did your brother fight? Is he, uh, was he a professional fighter? Or are you the first uh, one.
0: He's an, I'm the. I'm the first pro. He's an amateur fighter. He's. Uh, he's three and O right now, nice. um, and I think he's gonna fight at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, he's a monster, man. He's. Uh, he's one of my main training partners. Um, definitely one of my main coaches, and uh, yeah, he's nine years younger than me. He's got a lot of time in front of him, and um, he's he's a beast, man. He's he's nasty. <laughs> oh man! Shout out to
1: little bro, man. Uh-huh. Shout out to the up-and-coming king.
0: Yeah. Y'all go follow him. Asian-Cajun.
1: <laughs> Asian-Cajun.
0: Y'all heard it. Go
1: follow him. Um, so, so let's talk about, um, you know, the fighting journey. Um, you were on um, UFC um, Ultimate Fighting, you know, um, competition. Uh, was it, I think, with uh, McGregor and Faber?
0: Yep. Yep. Those were the two coaches that season. Yeah.
1: So what happened with that? Did you, like, so, all right. So first thing for us, doing that, right, do you think that made you a better fighter? What did you learn through, through that whole journey?
0: One hundred percent it made me a better fighter. Um, I, I think almost you know the best guys will definitely take the ups and downs of the fighting game and and really put that towards being a better person, being a better fighter. but especially with that experience, that was my first real exposure to u f c level fighters, coaches, teams, equipment, training regiments, things like that so okay. That was um that was an eye opener for me, but it was really cool to to train at a local level, get exposure to uh those types of guys that fight in the UFC, have right. you know, close to fighting for titles and things like that. And then moving around with them and sparring and rolling with them and and training with them and seeing that, you know, you really do belong here. It gives you some confidence. Like, man, you know, they've got something special. You've got something special. Like this is where you belong. This is what you were meant to do. And, um, you know, being around those guys, being around the team alpha male guys and their coaches um, getting a little bit of exposure to McGregor and his coaches and seeing how everybody operates and prepares and things like that. It was, it was such a great learning experience. I, uh, I ended up uh, losing on the show. And um, made some great connections though. Uh, the guy who won that season, uh, Ryan Hall, he's one of my main coaches and training partners, and I pretty much I train with him in uh, close to D.C. in Falls Church, Virginia, almost every month. And he comes down here all the time to to help me out with my camps, and he's um, he's helped my grappling game so much. My my MMA game, I should say not my grappling game, my MMA game so much he's done. Um, and then I try to help him with his striking as, as much as I can. So it's uh, it's an awesome trade-off. But that show has really helped me build some some really good relationships that that I follow to this day. I mean, I got a buddy from the show that's fighting uh, in the UFC uh, tonight, actually. So
1: Yeah, they got some uh, the fights already started. I think we missed, uh, we missed a couple of fights already. But I think it was the women that kicked it off mm-hmm. uh, tonight. So, But I'm pretty sure we get a chance to catch probably the last few fights. Oh, for um, sure. did you get to watch um uh, the coaches train as well while you went um at that contender series did you get to see any coaches train or did not train
0: at any um, point while you guys were there no, no they were in there with us uh for the for the ultimate fighter they were in there with us and they were training with us um obviously mcgregor stuck with his team faber stuck with us the the americans right. and uh, we yeah we yeah, they were in there every day with us training um and then for, uh, that's another one you brought up was a contender series, trying to fight um, on the show and uh, possibly getting signed to, uh, to a contract for the UFC. And that was a great experience too. Like both of those experiences have been phenomenal, dealing with the UFC staff, dealing with the, the coaches, um, and obviously the other fighters. It's been great.
1: Yeah, the UFC is like where everybody wants to be, right?
0: Yeah, so what's uh, early in my career that I thought, that was the option, you know, go to the UFC or, or bust. And it's so awesome now they got all these great organizations out, but with one championship, they are enormous over there in Asia, man. They've got, um, I think with every event, there's like 6.2 billion potential viewers there in wow. millions, millions of homes. Like oh, it's, it's, uh, it's really incredible what they've done with their exposure over there and their uh, fan base and, it's awesome, man. Going over there and fighting and really um experiencing the fans over there and how knowledgeable they are and how how ride or die they are behind their uh their fighters, their favorite fighters, it's freaking awesome, man. It's it's really cool to be a part of and I I feel blessed and I'm um you know, that's that's what gets me up in the morning to go to go train right, and right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I know. I was talking to my team um that we we have you coming up and it was like it was like, who is this guy? I was like, listen, man. <laughs> We may, not, we may not know much, much in the States, but, you know, the one championship, it's, it's a big deal overseas, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people that watches, so I think a lot of Americans obviously being here, we just kind of focus on American sports, why globally, sure. people pay attention to American sports as well as their sport, you know, because so, I'm pretty sure we can find, find a lot of Asian fans that love one championship series, but at the same time, they also pay attention to everything in the UFC. Right, like, right. But, you, but that's, it's not vice versa. It doesn't go the same way where UFC fans know what's going on.
0: Um, yeah, I've found that a little bit. Like, obviously, being over here, growing up and living over here in the States, you you see, like, nobody really pays attention to, to soccer and and how huge of a of a, an event that is um, in Europe and, and all of these other countries, man. It's, it's insane. And we don't get any of that. Like, we don't get any of the excitement. We don't get any of the hype. And every now and then, we'll get excited for the World Cup because the U.S. makes it, but those are kind of fair weather, you know, like, oh, they're doing well. Let's hop on this bandwagon. But it's uh it's it's the, the biggest sport in the world, man. It's it insane. Is.
1: Yeah. Listen, on on Saturdays I wake up at like 5 6 in the morning just to watch the EPL soccer game. So Oh shit.
0: You know I right, right. like I'm
1: I'm a soccer, I'm a soccer fanatic. That's like on Saturdays for me all day, that's what I'm doing. I watch that's- EPL, then I'm watching La Liga. And I might watch a little uh CLA with uh, Juventus and all those teams. Like for me, that's that's what I watch. So I definitely I know what you mean by you know we have a lot of fairweather fans who understand, uh, you know how crazy soccer is in the rest of the world, man. Like incredible. Right. Like this is people's life. Like you know,
0: yeah, you think, uh, yo, that ain't shit, man.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Like look, I can watch the NBA, my favorite teams. I can watch the NFL, my favorite teams, and if they lose. I'm, you know, I'm pissed off for like a minute or two. I'm mad about it, but when my soccer team lose, I'm damn near in tears, bro. Like it is for me, it is that important to me. Like when I wake up in the morning to watch my team and we lose, I'm pissed off the rest of the day.
0: Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know what I mean? So that's that passion that soccer fans have for mm-hmm. clubs overseas. That I think MLS, you know, MLS is getting there, and we will get there.
0: Yeah, it's definitely getting better. It's uh, because my dad, you know, my dad's a a big soccer fan. He played like um, nothing, nothing like super high level or anything. But over in Vietnam when he was growing up, like not pro, but like semi-pro, you know, um, above, definitely above rec, but definitely not a professional player. And all he did was teach Taekwondo.
1: No one knows. Just call it pro. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Just hype hype
1: daddy up, man. No one knows.
0: (laughs) He, uh, He would teach for the state teach martial arts and then play soccer. And that was pretty much his life. And, and he'd make a little money and they lived happy over there, you know, and then he came over here after the war and, and got a real job, you know, got a real career, career, but right. um, continued on with the martial arts thing. So that was shout out to pops there. Yeah.
1: Shout out to pops, man. Hardest working,
0: out. man. I know. Shout out to pops. Man. Shout out to all
1: the pops out there that are all working, man. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. You know, all the mommies always get the love and daddies get left behind.
0: <laughs>
1: not, not even cool got <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, not even cool, man. Um, so your fighting style. Who, you know, who did you pattern about? Who did you pattern after? Who did you look up to and say, okay, I like the way that guy fights, or I'm gonna watch a lot of video of this guy and see if I can learn some of that move? Do you have fighters like that going up? Maybe UFC or just overseas. That you will watch their videos and their fighting style, and say, I'm gonna try to add this thing to my to my skill yeah, set.
0: I mean. Honestly, I, I, I do that to this day. And I've, you know, I'm fighting for a title here coming up. So it's, it's an always evolving process. But uh, when I first started getting into the sport and looking up to certain guys, man, like obviously my style comes from a Taekwondo background. So uh, growing up and competing in, in local and national tournaments, I've always looked up to, to the high-level guys in that particular sport. Uh, one name that stands out is Steven Lopez. He was American gold medalist. Uh, a Taekwondo player that uh, was phenomenal. I, I picked up or I tried to steal a bunch of stuff from him. And then, obviously, watching the UFC, you know, you've got guys with work ethics like GSP. You've got guys that have unorthodox movement and footwork and and really safety when they're moving and fighting in the cage. And, and really, their defense is great, mm. like Dominic Cruz, Mayweather, right, those guys right. who really, really, you know, lived behind the hit and don't get hit theory the that type of concept and right. those were really big for me uh, you know growing up and and not getting the early exposure to boxing and wrestling like the other guys have but really spending that much more time on my footwork and my taekwondo movement and the in and out and fighting from long range so i had to figure out how to Make that effective. What guys were doing those types of things, maybe with different tools, but doing those types of things so they can keep themselves safe. And the longer the fight goes on, the better they would do. Guys like Mayweather, guys like Cruz, guys like GSP, and those were those were like the big names that I I tried to watch as much as as possible and, and try to pick up as many tricks as I could. You know,
1: yeah, GSP was definitely my uh, favorite um, MMA fighter. I just I just love guys that have a plan, stick to it, regardless of what's in front of them you know, and they just impose their will on the other fighter or the other opponent, whatever sport. It I just love guys that can just do that. And the same reason why I love Mayweather, because like you said, it's about hitting and not get hit.
0: That's right.
1: So I don't understand these old things when people say, oh, you know, all oh, Mayweather does is run around. Well, yeah, if, I mean, I can be running and still outpunching.
0: Right. That's the thing is if you wanted to see two guys go in there and, and basically do a bar fight, You've got to watch certain things. You've got yeah. to watch certain fighters because that's right. the way they do. It's not the way I do things, but it's the way they do things. Right. Cool. Watch them fight. If no. you want to see somebody who's doing the sport to where what it's meant to do is, I beat you up and I don't get hit in the head, right? Because that can affect my brain, that can affect my future and with the, <laughs> head, that's the problem. So that's the way. That's the way I'd like to go through my fighting career. Right. You know I what want, I mean?
1: I want to fuck you up without getting fucked up.
0: Exactly. One hundred percent. Who wants to get hit in the face? Right. i mean, I want to well, beat. The, I want to be an assassin. I want to snipe you from long range, put you down, and take care of the job, and get some money on the way.
1: Well, you know, as the Mexican fighters, who wants to get beat in the face? And they'll tell you, "See me, you know." <laughs> I
0: <It's laughs> tell you what. I'm not taking anything away from them either. <laughs> it's not Cause my
1: can, right, because they can take it. Right. Uh-huh. You know, the answer would be, "I'll let you hit me if you let me hit you back." Right, right. You know, and let's see what goes down first. Craziness, man.
0: Don't get me wrong. That's, that's, those are the, the, the best fights to watch. Absolutely. That's fun, man.
1: You just don't want to be one of those.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do my, my thing a little differently, but yeah, I'll watch that. I'll pay to watch that.
1: Absolutely. Yep. All right, so you got a championship fight here coming up. Uh, who are you fighting, Martin? Is that, is that a guy in front yeah. of you?
0: Martin Wynn. Uh, I signed a contract to fight him before this whole COVID thing. Right. and uh, we're still on the books to fight we just got to schedule out a date and a, a location and hopefully i can get in there and take his belt from him
1: yeah besides him being a uh, current champ what what intrigues you about this fight
0: um he's good man he's really good and and i know uh, i said this earlier but fighting with this organization and fighting the best guys literally on the planet is mm. so fulfilling and motivating to me i don 't plan on doing anything besides going in there and knocking this man out cold, but right. if I go in there and fight my best fight and I lose the fight, like I am fighting the best dudes in the world that that's the whole reason I started the sport to see where yeah. I stand show that i 'm the best so that's that's so satisfying it's really like as a as a a grown man trying to like fulfill his passion it's really cool to be able to match up against the best guys in the world, him being one of them and Man, he's he's dangerous. He's yeah. fast, yeah. he's smart, he's got a good team. Like it's 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 all positive things on his side, which is awesome. It makes him a great fighter and right. it's gonna bring out the best to me to beat Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I mean, well,
1: if you hit him with one of those body shots that you've been hitting folks with, he ain't gonna have to, I saw one of those <laughs> knockouts. There was there's a thing online, uh, you know, Tan Lee's uh top three knockout. And I mean, you were just putting just body shots, man. Just kicking him in the ribs and inside, and I was like, "Come on, man! You're trying to you trying to kill this man."
0: Definitely. At the time, I'm I'm trying to put as much of uh, damage into you as possible, and uh, it's pretty cool, man. Like obviously after the fight, you know nothing but respect to the to the guys yeah. that I have fought. But it's uh, you know, you're in there, you're definitely trying to hurt this man because he's trying to do the same to you.
1: Right. You remember a fight that you had that you were like, man. If I, if I could do that over again, I know exactly what I had to do. Like, do you remember those fights that you had that you just feel like you left something out there? 100%.
0: There's uh there's one that I won that I wasn't a, a big fan of my performance, but I ended up winning the fight, luckily. Uh, but I had my, uh, my jaw shattered. I threw a big kick. He threw a big old overhand right. And he hit me in my jaw, right on the side of my jaw, but my mouth was open. So it, it, it was probably hard enough. To, I guarantee you it was hard enough to knock me out. It happened not to knock me out, but it did break my jaw in two places. Mm-hmm. So I it got cracked in the front and at the left hinge. So it rolled in like mm-hmm. under my skin. And I, uh, I ran my tongue across my teeth. And obviously my right side was okay. But by the time I got to the left side, I'm like, man. I, I don't feel my own teeth. There's no way he knocked all of my teeth out. I'd see him on the canvas. And, uh, you know, I kind of went through my mind like, oh, I guess he broke my jaw and it kind of moved or shifted or something. I'm like, well, shit. If I go back, because the round was almost over, if I go back in between rounds, the ref, you know, my coaches, whoever, they're going to stop this fight. They're not going right. to let me come up. I probably could have done some bad damage to my face. Um, but the kick I threw was, was stupid. It was telegraphed. It wasn't ideal. Um, but I ended up right after that realizing that my jaw was broken. So I kind of threw the game plan out the window and hit him with a one, two, and he ended up going to sleep. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of moments, you know, in every fight, you're always looking back like that. Nothing's perfect. You know, you're always looking back and seeing what you can fix and see how you can, uh, fill the gaps. So, so the next fighter doesn't look at that and try to take advantage, but that's one that stands out that, you know, I got my jaw broken pretty, pretty bad, um, needed Big surgery afterwards, but um, you know, I learned my lesson, and that shit won't happen again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hit him with a one-two, put him to sleep. I can make a song out of that. Uh, <laughs> what was the recovery like for that for your jaw? How long were you out for?
0: So I, I think because the break was so bad, they had to do pretty in-depth surgery. I was only wired shut for four weeks. I've had friends who had their jaw broken, not nearly as bad as mine, but like kind of uh broke it at the hinge only and mm-hmm. they were wired shut for eight weeks so i guess it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise that i didn't have to get wired shut for two months instead of one month but man it was miserable sucking food through a straw getting like broccoli and cheese soup stuck in your teeth wow. it it was it's was pain in the ass man I, I definitely wouldn't wish that on my enemies it was it was rough wow
1: yeah to be mma but i'm glad i work in computers and you know, <laughs> you know the, the, the mouse and the keyboard ain't never hit me in the face so i'm good there
0: you know hey. so uh, it's a lot safer you
1: always a lot safer i mean i might get <laughs> i might get threats online but you know fights just hurt feelings that's
0: it. it right um, right
1: right but you did mention you know you've got you've got the championship fight coming up uh is there's a date for that
0: no date or venue set yet uh okay. we're working we're working on that now. But I think uh I think they're gonna make an announcement soon. So obviously I I'm I can't say anything before they do. So waiting on nice. that announcement to come out. So uh, but yeah, keep your eyes open for that one. Absolutely, man. As soon
1: as we find out, we'll definitely push it out. Um Hey fam, man, I uh I appreciate you coming on and joining me in, in channel, man. It's been it's been real fun, man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. And you know, anytime I'd love to be back. Y'all have any questions, issues, whatever, let me know, man
1: hey absolutely man i mean as soon as we find out when this fight is we're gonna come on again and talk about it and after the fight you know when you win the fight you know we'll come on again and talk about it we'd love to do that
0: appreciate you man
1: absolutely my man thank you
0: all right all right bye you've been listening to the
1: point noted podcast with johnny b and rashad b follow us on twitter at pt noted and instagram at point noted
0: Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit you've been noted